0: Hey mama, and welcome to the Restful Mama podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Dakota, homeschool mama of four, including twins, Marine Corps veteran wife, small business owner, and firefighter wife. I love Jesus, tea, and all things holistic. You'll find anything from meal plan ideas, to health tips, to good old fashioned mom hacks here. So get cozy, grab your favorite drink, and let's get started. Hey mamas, thanks for joining me today and sorry, bear with me. I have a sore throat and it literally came out of nowhere. Um, So if my voice sounds a little off, that is why. Um, But today I kind of wanted to talk about something that has really been on my heart lately. And I've actually gotten a lot of feedback from y'all through Instagram about this exact topic and that is triggers. Um... I think, as all mamas, we all have our own triggers and it doesn't even necessarily always have to be around our kids. Sometimes it's something that somebody else says or it's something you see or it's even a sound or a smell or whatever it is. We all have triggers. And I think it's amplified when we become mothers because we're constantly attending to everybody's needs and there's noise and screaming and fighting and we just get overstimulated. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's your kids talking back and you're just so frustrated because you're thinking, gosh, why aren't you respecting me right now? And then it triggers you. Um... And so I have learned a lot about myself over the last couple of months when I discovered a book literally called Triggers, Um, and it's been sort of my go-to whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed or triggered. And I just wanted to share it with y'all because it has really helped me. Um, Real quick, I wanted to read... The contents of this book. So it's broken down into um, basically, it's almost like a 31 day devotional. So every day you read, you know, whatever chapter it is, and then there's a prayer at the end, and then, you know, move on to the next day. I'm not going to lie, sometimes I would just read like three days at a time because it was just so good and I couldn't put it down and I was just resonating with all of these things um, and I just really needed some extra encouragement, but they're not very long. They're only a couple of pages, um, so they're easy to digest um, in a short, me- a short period of time, but I'm just going to read them off real quick. Um, like I said, there's 31 of them, so bear with me. Disobedience backtalk, disrespect, strong-willed children, angry kids, whining and complaining, sibling rivalry, ignoring instruction, lying and deceit, manipulation, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, OCD, APD, ODD, video game addiction, overstimulation, irresponsible behavior, when will they ever change? lack of faith, generational habits and patterns of sin, depression, postpartum, hormonal imbalance, exhaustion, running late, no personal space, going it all alone, challenging relationships with in-laws, and lack of relationship of family support, all the noise, rough housing, messy homes, the pressure of multitasking, times of transition, caring for six children and ailing parents, stress and feelings of guilt. Let that just sink in for a minute. Did any of that resonate with you? Because almost all of them did for me. I'm like over here raising my hand like, "Yep. Mhm. Yep, that's me." <laughs> um and so I just learned a lot about myself reading these chapters and it was just very eye-opening and there are certain a few of these that are just like highlighted in my brain because I I know that every time my kids either exhibit that behavior or I'm feeling that way I tend to not be my best parent self and I tend to snap and you know, maybe say things that I don't necessarily mean, um, which doesn't feel good, right? And then, you know, enter chapter 31, guilt. (laughs) Mom guilt is a real bitch and she is not welcome here. And so I try really hard to fight against those feelings of guilt. Um, But sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes when there's just so much noise and you just can't seem to quiet anybody down, we start to get overstimulated and we start to snap because we just want it to stop. We just want some peace and quiet and it's hard. It's honestly hard as a mom. People ask me all the time, how do you do it with four little ones? Because all of mine are six and under. And I sometimes don't know how to answer that because I am by no means a perfect parent newsflash that doesn't exist (laughs) but I am nowhere near perfect I just try my best and there are days where I want to cry in a puddle on the floor because the day just got away from me it I was uncontrolled I didn't feel like I did anything right and that's when the mom guilt seeps in what are you thinking? What are you doing? Your kids deserve better. You're not good enough. You know, all of these these voices that we tell ourselves. And I just, I realized that in order to address the problem, I need to address my triggers because there's a reason I'm getting to this point, and the goal is just to, to cut myself off before I get to that point. So, real quick, just to be completely transparent, a few of my immediate triggers are when my kids don't listen the first time I ask them to do something, like the disobedience, like just not obeying and doing whatever the heck they feel like doing, knowing that I've asked them three or four times to not do said thing. Um, so that's, that's a constant struggle for me is the disobedience. And another one is the whining and complaining. It honestly, like it's an immediate trigger for me. And I know it is for my husband too. Like we, we struggled specifically with Cooper and kind of Ellie, um, With whining, and I sometimes would have to just walk out of the room because I could feel my blood boiling and my heart racing. And I was like, okay, I'm having a physical reaction to this environment, and I need to step back. I need to just walk away before I scream. And I mean, who wants to scream at their four year old, right? Like, an adult losing it on a kid. Doesn't help anything, and it just makes us feel worse later on. (laughs) So, that is another huge trigger for me. And on the whole side of like, you know, the internal triggers, like just things that I'm going through internally, I think the no personal space sometimes really gets to me. And I like to use the phrase touched out. And I used it a lot when I was breastfeeding because sometimes my skin would just crawl if anybody touched me. And I was like, oh, get off me. (laughs) Like I am touched out. Like just don't touch me. Don't come near me within like a two foot radius. Like just don't touch me. And I think that was like especially a parent while breastfeeding because, you know, when you're breastfeeding, you constantly feel like you have a baby attached to your body at all times. Um, and so it got a little bit better when I stopped breastfeeding, but still sometimes if everybody's climbing on me and everybody's touching me and everybody wants something from me or pulling on my clothes or, you know, something along those lines, I tend to get triggered because I get, again, overstimulated. Um, And the last one that I really want to touch on is messy houses. I have a terrible tendency to want things to be a very specific way. Um, And that includes my house. And I have over the years let go of a lot of things that I know are unrealistic with small children, Um, but I still get very overwhelmed and anxious if the laundry is completely out of control if the dishes are mounding and overspilling onto the counter when there's just sand like oh you know that like gritty sand like dirt feeling on your toes on hardwood floor oh my gosh it literally makes me want to scream i cannot stand it like i have ugh, just thinking about it like It's the worst feeling in the world. Anybody else? Is it just me? (laughs) I have to wear socks at all times in my house so that I can avoid that feeling because I've realized with four small children and two dogs (laughs) and a yard that is basically just dead grass and dirt, there is always something on the floor. It doesn't matter how many times a day I vacuum or mop. It lasts about five minutes and then it's right back to it, whether it be crumbs or dirt or something. And I sort of just gave up because it was a losing battle and I was constantly getting frustrated and just annoyed. And so now you will always find me wearing socks in my house. And if I'm not wearing socks, I'm almost always wearing my slippers (laughs) because I will put as many layers between my feet and my floor as possible. Um, But that just (laughs) goes into the whole, like, I, I want things a very specific way in my house. And if they're not, it gives me anxiety, makes me feel stressed out. And that in turn leads to me feeling triggered. And I easily snap at my kids. I'm not the patient, calm, nice mom that i want to be um and i'm not to say and that this is not to say that like every mom has to 100% always be perfect and happy and you know never yell at your kids like that's not realistic like we are human right we are not perfect so we're going to have bad days we're going to have days where we lose our shit on our kids excuse my french <laughs> um and it's just going to go you know, not our way. It's just not going to go our way. And that's okay. We can pick ourselves up and give ourselves grace and go into the next day and try better. Like you're not going to be perfect. But if you can recognize these triggers that you have before you're triggered, it is so powerful. Like I honestly feel more in control when I started to recognize my triggers and I was like, oh, oh, wait, wait, pump the brakes. I'm starting to feel like maybe I'm getting to the point where I'm going to get triggered here soon and it's not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> so with that feeling, with that warning sign blaring it at me like, hey, you know, this isn't going your way. Like you're, you're starting to get closer and closer to the blowing your top phase and I can instantly take a step back, and honestly, that sometimes means physically like putting myself in my room, closing the door and just being in silence for a minute, praying about it, maybe reading a passage in the Bible, maybe reading a passage or a chapter from Triggered um and just really kind of bringing myself back to center um. That really seems to help me. And then I can come back out with a fresh perspective and outlook. And I feel way more in control. And I also feel like it's an amazing way to set an example for our kids. Like, hey, when mama's feeling really out of control, when my emotions are big and feel kind of scary, I can step away. I can go to my room, I can read a book, I can color, I can do whatever it is that's going to calm me down. And when we do that, our kids see, hey, when I'm getting upset, maybe I'll go to my room, maybe I'll color and do this or that. Whereas if we just, you know, snap and yell at our kids out of frustration and we can't control ourselves how in the world do we expect our small children to control themselves when they're feeling angry? You know, like they get mad, so then we get mad, and then everybody's mad, and nobody can calm down, and we're all way up here. You know, that that doesn't help anybody. And the more and more I practice this self-control and these recognizing of my triggers, the more... And more, I, I see myself becoming that mom that I want to be. And I just honestly want to encourage y'all to pick up this book, to read it, to recognize your own triggers. And honestly, sometimes it's not fun. Like sometimes, I, I remember reading a few of these chapters and it really hitting close to home. And honestly being convicting because I'm like, oof, oof, oof. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's that's me. And the encouragement and sometimes tough love from this book was exactly what I needed to to shine a light and look at myself in in the mirror and say, "Okay, this is a trigger for you. This really really triggers you. So how are we going to fix it? How are you going to approach it? How are you going to handle it?" Um and honestly, there's a lot of power and a lot of freedom in in bringing it into the light. Actually, this last week, um, yesterday, <laughs> it was yesterday, today's Monday. So yeah, yesterday um, at church, our pastor had an amazing sermon about bringing whatever's in the darkness into the light and it cannot live if it's in the light. Girl, drag that mom guilt out of the darkness, shine a light on it and it has no place. It cannot survive. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself. I want to feel free and in control of my emotions and calm. And, you know, I just want to be present and be the patient, loving mama that I am. And I know that you are, But sometimes we just have a hard time getting through those hard days. Maybe you're exhausted because the baby is up six times a night, cluster feeding, crying, and doesn't want to leave your side. Maybe you're tired because your husband's gone for long stretches of time and you're home alone with the kids and you just need a break. Maybe you're tired because your kids are going through a phase where they're just fighting all the time and you cannot seem to keep the peace. Maybe you're tired because you're just taking on too much. You're just stressed out. There is so much that is falling on your shoulders and you feel like you have to do it all or you're failing. Mama, whatever it is, please know that you are not alone. You're not alone. And it's okay to stumble. But if you can recognize those things that stress you out, cause anxiety, you know, make you angry, then you already are five steps ahead of everybody else. Because instead of ignoring it, you're bringing light to it. And I know that none of us want to be the angry mom, right? Like nobody wants to be the mom screaming at her kids in Target because she's just absolutely lost it. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to be that mom. And I know, I know none of us want our kids to grow up and remember, oh yeah, mom was always angry. She always yelled. She was a yeller like nobody wants our our kids to remember us like that. And I kind of had this epiphany one day, so to speak, that really kind of pushed me onto this whole path of like recognizing triggers and trying to approach them in a constructive way, because it had been just a long couple of weeks and I was stretched thin and I just kept losing it on my kids every single day. And I could tell myself tomorrow's going to be a better day. And what would I do? I would repeat the cycle and I would yell and I would scream and I'm not proud of it, but I even slammed a door. Yes, I did. Like a teenager. (laughs) I slammed a door because I was so angry and overstimulated, it's like it was like an out of body experience. Like I was watching myself thinking, What are you doing? And I remember sitting in my closet crying and thinking, What is wrong with me? Seriously, what is wrong with me? There's got to be something wrong with me because a normal, mom doesn't just scream and yell at her kids all the time. Like this is not normal. And so I immediately went to Amazon, bought Triggers because I had heard great things about it from other friends of mine. And it came in like two days and I immediately devoured it. And I was honestly hooked. I was like, okay, I'm kind of addicted to this book. Like this is so good. And It completely shifted my perspective, which honestly, isn't that what everything's about? Just a perspective shift? It's crazy how you can change your mood, how you can change your life even with just a shift in perspective. And what I love about this book is that it, it teaches biblical approaches to certain, certain issues and certain triggers. Um, and it's just it's really encouraging and it it makes you feel like you're not alone <laughs> and that there is actually a way to to fix whatever it is that's you know the issue in your life um and i appreciated that and i loved that there was always a prayer at the end of each um, chapter. It was really powerful to me. And I want that for y'all. And it just reminded me that, you know, it's kind of cliche with the whole, like, what would Jesus do? But honestly, like it made me sit down and think like in this situation with my kids acting the way they're acting, what would Jesus have me do? What would be the biblical approach to this problem? And also, what is going to be something that strengthens the connection and relationship versus break down the relationship? Because we have an opportunity every time that there's a conflict with our children, we have an opportunity to either make that connection stronger or break it down and chisel it down piece by piece. Every single word that comes out of our mouths that breaks down our children is also breaking down our connection. And I don't know about you, but that was convicting for me. (laughs) And I did not want that. My goal and my hope is that I have a strong connection and relationship with my children throughout their entire lives. Um and so I I just want to read real quick if if y'all don't mind. <laughs> I'm going to read the prayer at the end of the disrespect um, chapter, because I do feel like this is probably something that's really common amongst moms is feeling disrespect from our children. Um, which is, I feel like a lot of the reason why sometimes we get angry, at least for me, it is. I know that when I feel disrespected, I start to feel angry. Um, and so I'm just going to read this real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you for enduring the pain and blatant disrespect of the cross for me. You humbled yourself in the face of outright hatred, loving your enemies. Thank you for your example to me as a mother. It's your blood that washes away my sinful pride. I want to respond with gentle words that allow your Holy Spirit to convict my children. Lord, help me to teach my kids how to respect me without becoming angry. Replace my hurt feelings with patience and understanding. I love you, Lord, for loving me even when I was unlovely. May my children also know the depth of your love for them because they see the same love modeled in me. In Jesus' name, amen. I just found that to be such a powerful prayer for me specifically because it's often, I feel like, even a pride issue for me when my kids aren't respecting me. I think, you know, I just, I don't know. I just get so angry and like, how dare you disrespect me? I gave you life, <laughs> you know? Like, I just, it really gets under my skin. Um, And so personally, that prayer just was I don't know. It was just good for my heart. And I just wanted to share it with y'all. Um, another thing too, is I kind of want to read this entire chapter about having no personal space. Um, because I feel like that's something that literally every mama will experience at some point in her motherhood journey. (laughs) whether that's the newborn phase where like I said you're breastfeeding all the time and there's always a baby attached to you or it's the toddler phase and they're running around and climbing and jumping off of you or you know whatever season it is that you're in you're you're going to have a little bit of lack of personal space I guess so if if you're not interested in in listening to this chapter then thank you for hanging out with me Um, but for those of y'all who want to listen to this at the end of this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and start it. I had had enough as a mom of three boys. I was used to being the fact that I lived in a testosterone home of deafening noise, stinky odors and mud tracked floors. But when the ball flew through the air and hit me in the head, it was the last straw. I had already been stepped on, pushed, and accidentally run over by a skateboard, all in the span of an hour. No more, I roared. Everyone froze. All three of my boys stood looking at me with eyes wide open in surprise. They were used to their mom being tough, able to roll with the punches, literally. My frustration overpowered their kinetic energy and they waited for me to continue. Instead, I sat down on the floor in a heap and sighed heavily. Some days, the physical demands and lack of personal space can get to me. I'm a girly girl, and there is nothing I love more than a mani-pedi and high tea with friends. Instead, most days, I was chasing Nerf gun darts and wrestling with my sons. Don't get me wrong, I love that. But in my moment of weakness, it seemed to me that I had every right to have a pity party and demand an injury-free zone that encompassed a five-foot circumference around me. I had similar moments when my kids were younger, too. We moved to a small town several years ago, and I found myself without family and only a few friends. I was a stay-at-home mom of a four-year-old, an almost two-year-old, and a newborn baby. My husband worked insane hours and I would go for days on end without ever getting out of my pajamas. My brain was turning into sludge and I felt like all I did on any given day was breastfeed and change diapers, repeat. I had to carry one kid in a carrier on my back while I cradled the other in front and tried to keep an eye on the third running around the house. I felt like my body belonged to everybody but me. As a mom with young and needy children, And now, as a mom with older kids who often catch me in the crosshairs of their rough and tumble play, I can get to the point where I simply say, Enough. It would be so very easy for me to crumble under under self-focused and defeatist outlook, but I don't have to. Our attitudes are what we make them. I don't really have to get angry, I don't really have to be quick to anger and lose my self-control i don't really have to tell myself that i deserve to have peace and quiet and i don't really have to give in to the temptation to think that in those haired moments my life would be better if i could just have my own space the truth is that when i was pouring myself out for others i was being like christ he didn't have nice digs fancy clothes or an entourage of assistants he lived simply pouring himself out for others, even to the point of great fatigue and distress. He did all of those things with you and me in mind, and he did it out of unconditional love in chapters eight and nine of the book of Matthew, where we get a glimpse of Jesus' work, ethic and attitude when others placed high demands on high demands on him. And infringed on his personal space, he went from town to town healing people, casting out demons, combating the Pharisees who judged his motives and power and calming storms on the sea. He preached in the synagogues, taught the crowds, and spent time training his disciples. Even his meals were interrupted by those in need. The crowds pressed in around him so closely that a sick woman reached out to touch his clo- cloak and was healed. Matthew 9.20 Although Jesus took time for himself on his particular day, it seemed he could never catch a break, and he didn't. After all those endless demands, Matthew nine thirty six says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus could very well have sat down with a heavy sigh and told everyone to go away. He too could have roared no more, but he didn't. He had compassion. Jesus understands our weaknesses. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 that Jesus experienced the same enticements we do when he walked on earth as God in human flesh, and yet he never sinned. The message puts it like this. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Hebrews four fourteen through 16. Jesus sympathized with us when We would rather have a mud bath at a spa than wipe dirt from our floors. He knows what it feels like to have temptation breathing down our necks. That's what makes him so willing and able to extend mercy to us in our times of weakness. He is ready to help us when we ask. I'm not saying that moms can't take care of themselves or that we should feel guilty for taking breaks away from kids or having date nights with our spouse. Those are all good things and that we need to do and should do. But I'm wondering if you, like me, have room for growth in the attitude and perspective department. The Christian life is the servant life. It's not a life where personal space rules, it's a life where pouring out ourselves for others reigns. When my four year old thinks he's my third leg and I can't take two steps in front of me without tripping over him, I can treat him with compassion. He wants to be near me. That's a gift. I don't need to take or think of it as an annoyance, do I? When my boys are running past me with no regard for me and they elbow me in their haste, I can respond biblically, right? I can calmly but firmly say, hey boys, I love that you have so much energy and I want you to have fun, but I also want you to be considerate of others. Ladies don't like to be elbowed. At least this one sure doesn't. Please take your game outside. I don't have to scream in frustration or sigh in annoyance. I can respond biblically with compassion and gentleness. If I see a need, I can set aside time to train my kids with a loving attitude so they understand my expectations. And I can be patient with them as they learn, can't I? At the end of the day, even if my children still don't understand my needs for personal space, my example is to persevere. Believe that I have a loving Father who is familiar with all my ways and waits to give me those grace and strength to do it again the next day. Jesus left his throne of perfection to dwell among mankind and give up all his rights for my sake and for yours. Surely we can alter our perspectives as mothers and extend a portion of that kind of sacrifice in our own homes. Let's welcome our kids into our personal space and be a reflection of, of our very personal lord and savior let's pray dear jesus your example to us is one of selflessness and total humility out of compassion you extend yourself to incorporate the needs of others you treat others as you would want to be treated and often your own for often at your own expense for or personal comfort i know that we need to take care of ourselves but i don't need to react with anger or frustration when my own needs aren't being met Lord, help me to be more like you. Search my heart and see if there is any selfishness in me and replace it with humility. Allow your Holy Spirit to change my need for more personal space with a willingness to lay down my life for the sake of my children. Accept this as an act of worship, Jesus, a sacrifice of praise to you in your name. Amen. I hope that that was a little bit of encouragement for y'all. I know that when I read that, it was, it hit very close to home and it was very convicting. Uh, Because like I said, it is all about perspective. Well, mamas, that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I can't wait to spend time with y'all next week.